good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And welcome to the only sports podcast that has brains and bars. It is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I am your boy, A1. As always, you can go to SoundCloud.com and check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing. Just go to SoundCloud.com, search Brains and Bars, or go into your browser and type SoundCloud.com backslash Brains and Bars. You can find us on iTunes by searching It's a Black and White Thing. Uh, we're also on AmpedEntertainment.net, um, Twitter as well. Our Twitter is Brains and Bars, at Brains and Bars. Facebook, go search at Brains and Bars, and you can find out everything about the show Um as always, I am joined by my co-host, the good homie A-Ward. What's good? What's good? Good, good, good. Great, y'all. How y'all doing, man? It's good to be back. It's been a couple weeks. Couple weeks, couple weeks, yeah. I got sick last week, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had some holidays, you know, some different things. Fourth you July, know, yeah, a yeah. handful of excuses we can use. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, we're, we're back grown. in the building. <laughs> but we back, man. It's good to be back. Hit me up, y'all. I am AWARD.com. You got all the battles, the music, everything on there. I'm a uh I'm trying to get back to using Twitter pretty um pretty avidly. There we go. We'll use that word good just word, because I word. couldn't uh I couldn't find anything. But uh I'm gonna be an avid Twitter user here in the next few weeks. So holler at me on there at I am underscore award. Um but yeah, check it out, man. It's good to be back. It's a black and white thing. We in the building. The homie B. Harris opened up the studio, his house, um, to us, man. Uh, grateful for that. Grateful for Amped Entertainment rocking with us. Um, grateful for all of y'all, all the listeners, man, everybody that, that shoots us messages uh, weekly on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, laughing at my stupidity or disagreeing with A1's ludicrous takes. Um, <clears throat> wow. I yeah. don't have ludicrous takes. Nope. Like a fear factor blooper. No, because hey, you know Ludacris does Fear Factor now. Get out of here! I did not. You even watched that. Ludacris on Fear Factor yet? No, I watched Jamie Foxx on Shazam though. Beat Shazam. That sounds actually a little bit more interesting than Ludacris on Fear Factor. <laughs> man, Fear Factor! Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know Fear Factor was back. In yeah, the man, streets. come back. MTV. Yeah. That's why I don't know Fear Factor is out because it's <laughs> exactly. on MTV. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Cool. No, nah, but yeah, man, good to be back. How you doing? Doing good, like I said, feeling better, man. Although I'm probably got a doctor's visit at some point coming in the future to see what's really what's really popping with your boy. But you know, I'm good. I'm alive. Glad to be in the building. Um, so as always, also, whoa, uh oh, that's not good. Live updates. What's up? No, okay. I thought someone was, thought my phone had been hacked or something. Like I thought I had a virus on my phone. Hilarious. I'm like, Yo, what is this? Um. But anyway, uh, nah, nah, nah. But as uh, coming soon, and we got to figure out how we're going to do this, but there's this new app called Anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try to figure out a way here pretty soon in the coming weeks to get the show as we record, record live using the Anchor app. Shout out to the homie LaVar CF for putting us up on that. Yes, sir. Um, hope to have him on the show some, at some point in the future. Definitely. Um, but he put us up on this app. This app would allow us to record live. But even more importantly, it would allow you guys to interact with us so you could call into the show leave you know little notes or voice notes about what you think about certain topics we have questions you guys can answer um but other than that like i said man hit us up on our on our social media pages and interact with us in that way so what we do each week to start the show is what i do each week to start the show off is i I give you guys some insights to some things that i learned right whether it be about myself life sports whatever the streets you know what i'm saying because the streets are talking shout out to vin diesel um if you watch Fast and Furious, you'll know why I said shout out to Vin Diesel with the streets are talking. Um, but anyway, uh, what I learned this week. Um, so, 4th of July 
was Tuesday. We're recording this on a Thursday. Fourth of July was on a Tuesday, just passed. And, you know, it's always a fun time, right? These holidays, these really major holidays um, allow for us to get together with our friends, our family, and have a good time, right? But, you know, what I've come to notice in, you know, the, the last couple of years, or not even the last couple of years, maybe starting with Thanksgiving of last year, is that you kind of have, you have these folk who are woke, um, who, you know, you know, when, I, when we say woke, you know, they are woke folk conscious, uh, uh, you know, um, awake of uh, they have been awakened to social issues mm-hmm. and society and the plight of minorities in this country. And listen, I'm all here for that. Like, I'm here for that. So don't take this the wrong way. But if the shoe fits, wear it. I wish some of y'all woke fuck would take a nap. <laughs> Especially around like these times, right? Like every holiday, man. You already know, Bruh, So I mean, not every holiday. Like, let's be real. Like, <laughs> we're not here when these major holidays come around. Like, we're not here to really celebrate the holiday. It's really about the food. It's about the family. It's right. about the good time, right? Like, nobody had you know fireworks on the fourth of the fourth of July going no taxation without representation, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Uh, talking about the Articles of Confederation or, you know, you know, thank you, God, for the Constitution. Right. Thank you, Thomas Jefferson. Thank you, Alexander. <laughs> like, nobody is listing the forefathers and, and how this country came to be. You suck, Britain. Like, nobody's <laughs> doing this while they're popping fireworks. They're just enjoying the light show. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, yo, like, chill out. Like, on Thanksgiving, like, I don't. There are 364 days in which I can learn and be educated about the plight of the Native American. On Thanksgiving, I am trying to eat some food. I am trying to watch some football. Take a great nap. Take a great nap in between the games. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not here for that. And if you are, I'm. that's fine, right? But don't... Like, I'm trying to get this turkey, and you talking about how can you enjoy this turkey when we have stolen the land from the, from these, the, the rightful owners. I'll tell you how I'm going to enjoy it. With gravy. Right. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, hey, bro, I mean, that's that's good and all, but did you bring the sweet potato pie, though? Right. Like, I mean, even if you didn't bake it, did you at least go get the patties? The marshmallows on top. I don't, is this a friend's reference? No. Okay. I was, <laughs> nah, I don't know about, I don't eat sweet potato pie. I would have said shepherd's pie if it was a friend's <laughs> reference. <laughs> shepherd's pie. Meat, good. Jam, good. <laughs> One of the funniest episodes in Friends' great, great catalog, by yes, the way. Very good. But no, I mean, like, like, chill out. Let's just have some fun. Let's enjoy some barbecue. Let's play some games. Maybe pop some fireworks or watch some fireworks if you're not into popping them, man. But just chill out. Be now, like. This poses another question. Yeah. So you say enjoy some barbecue. Now we're in Kansas City, right? Right. So, so the word barbecue to you, what does that mean? I mean, for me, barbecue is is not just a sauce. Like, it means the grilling out hot dogs and hamburgers, right? Hot dogs, hamburgers, yeah. chicken. Same for me. Ribs. I don't know if it's a South thing. You're from Louisiana, I'm from Tennessee. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know some people call it the cookout. Like, yeah. there are rules of like a cookout is when it's it's only just like hot dogs, hamburgers, maybe some brats. And when you're queuing or barbecuing, now you're talking about you know your ribs, your pulled pork, your brisket, blah 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 blah. Look, for me, barbecue is all encompassing. It is it is the brisket, it's the the pork chops, it's the chicken, it's the hamburgers, hot dogs, the whole shebang. Got you. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I just sometimes you know you tell somebody you're gonna barbecue, they come over wanting some barbecue in Kansas City, and it's like hamburgers and hot dogs, and they're they're pretty disappointed. It's happened to me before. Yeah. So I think for out of towners, yes, you have to be a little bit more, you have to be a little bit more direct. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So 
But yeah, that's one of the f- first things I learned. The second thing that I learned this week is I don't really miss football. Like, it's kind of weird. So if you listen to the show or if you really know, if you know me personally, you know I'm an NBA, I'm a basketball guy above all else, right? Like, I really enjoy um, the sport more than football. It doesn't mean I dislike football. I dislike Roger Goodell. I love football. Um, but, like, at this stage of the year, fantasy, our fantasy draft is going to happen third week of august thereabout right wow that's soon it's about it's it's a little bit over a month away it's about a month and a half away i have not done one mock draft normally at this point i'm 10 to 15 mock drafts deep um i am the mock draft facilitator so i'm the one who you know when someone wants to engage in a mock draft i call out the room number we join, we have this mad scramble. And then I call it a whole different room and confuse everybody. Man, you know, so I'm normally that guy. Like, I'm I'm charting who I'm picking to give myself some idea who's going to be available at the spot I hope to be at. This year, I have, I like, I'm not even bothered. Like, I saw a link about rookies who could be, like, uh, big contributors in fantasy, and I was like, eh, I'm straight. I mean, <clears throat> let's be honest. NBA offseason this year, best it's been in probably the last decade. It's been crazy. You know? So, with that being said, there's always that time, maybe not for you as such a huge NBA fan, where you're reaching for what do you want to pay attention to sports-wise. Um, and uh, the Royals aren't, you know, weren't necessarily on fire. So, I think in the past few past few years, you know, been easier to kind of just go ahead and skip your mindset over to football but right now NBA offseason is just I mean it's it's impeccable you're you're glued to the timeline I've never been glued to the bottom line before in an NBA offseason and I like NBA you know yeah I mean you know I wonder I've seen a couple people say this but a couple people have said that thank you have the decision to thank for how crazy these offseasons have become and how much attention we pay to them now because of the spectacle that the decision was uh kind of the chain of events like if i think i said last time we were here that boston when they got kevin garnett and ray allen they're really the start of the modern day super team that was built um but the decision kind of shifted the landscape because it was such a huge event because it was such a landmark event that now we are watching to see what happens with the biggest names in free agency from jump and we're just like you said we're glued to and i think some of the stuff has been unexpected and we'll save that because we're going to talk free agency later on the show Mm -hmm. but some of the some of the moves were just like when they happened um it was like whoa like what happened also i don't know how to say this young man's name but shout out to shams charamania he is so you know Woj adrian Woj narowski he left yahoo went to espn we we all know about the Woj bomb. We know Woj is normally the guy who's breaking all the big, big stories in the NBA, especially around free agency trades, uh, the NBA draft. But this dude Sham or Shams, I don't even know how to say his name, because he's been a not like he's been the one breaking all the big stories. Which is so shout out to him as hmm. kind of a side note. But but yeah, man, I don't know. Like I'm hoping like Chiefs training camp starts in twenty two days. Wow. And I'm just kinda like, eh. I'm just, I'm just not and maybe like you said maybe what once, about college though have you been paying attention to anything Notre Dame you know I am like 11 episodes behind on Irish Illustrated shout out to Pete Sampson Tim Priester Tim O'Malley these are they run the scout uh, site for Notre Dame and I've been listening to their recruiting podcast um, I am definitely interested in, in seeing what they do 
cornerback wise, they did not sign one last year, you know, so they definitely need to get at least three in this cycle. So I've listened to that. So I think, and actually, you know what? That might be what do it. I am a bigger college fan than I am right. NFL. Me too. And I just saw that they um, had access to their first practice. Mm. So right as I pulled up, I saw a tweet. I subscribed to to Tim, not Tim Priester, uh, Pete Sampson's tweet. He runs the the Irish Illustrated um, site and a Twitter account. And so I just saw him post a, a tweet about that. So that might be the thing that does it. Um, I actually was watching a, a Notre Dame game this 2006 Notre Dame with uh, Jeff Samarja at wide receiver, um, Brady Quinn at quarter, quarterback, comes back from behind with like 40 seconds left, beats UCLA to win the game. This is the, the game the week before the Bush push game. Mm. You know, so, so yeah, man. So, I mean, maybe that'll do it. Maybe that'll do it for me is, is getting into some college football. So, we'll see. We'll see. So, last thing I learned this week before we turn it over to what A-Ward is looking forward to is so the homies uh we got together before the day before thanks like thanksgiving the day before the fourth of july and some of them were playing trivia crack i did not have my phone on me that day <laughs> um my son had my phone and i had my wife's phone and so i got i'm like yo i'm back in these trivia crack streets i'm ready to bust some heads you know what i'm saying and i'm that guy at trivia crack like come come holler at me i think my my at name is at a1 the lp you know, if you want to come get some of this work, you are more than welcome to for a lot of application, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm not going to call out no names, but at this point I have not lost yet. I'm undefeated. I appreciate you not putting, like, your opponent's names in the streets like that, you know. <laughs> it's, just, it's just kosher, <laughs> you know. It makes sense to just not tell people who you beat. Yeah, yeah, you know, that is hilarious. That is a shout-out to that person who shall rename Anonymous mm-hmm. who did that. <laughs> My bad. I just had to get some theme music in there. <laughs> Shout out to Trivia Crack. Anyway, but yeah, I'm that guy. Like, I'm I'm really good at this game. Like, not to brag or boast. I don't know everything, but I just know a little about a lot. Um, and you know, I do, I do, I does my thing. I does my thing with that. So, if you want some, come get some. You know, A War just just <laughs> the game that was pending between us. He just started it as we're recording the show. Like, if I didn't feel like this would be incredibly boring, I would actually play this game right now live and, like, let <laughs> and see how far it could go <laughs> before I lost. But anyway, that's what I learned this week, man. Like I said, hit us up at Brands and Bars on Twitter. Search us on Facebook. Let us know what you learned this week. If I, if it's interesting enough or good enough, we'll talk about it on the show, man, because we want to hear from you guys. Like, we, we appreciate the fact that you guys listen to the show, but we want to hear from you. So let us know what you think, man. So, A-Ward, we're going to turn it over to you. What are you looking forward to? What am I looking days and weeks? forward to, man? Um, I'm just kind of looking forward to it getting closer to football season <laughs> to basically be the polar opposite of what you just stated. I, on the other hand, am extremely excited for college football, NFL, eh, maybe, maybe not. Um, excited to see some of the Tennessee players suit up and play for their respected teams that drafted them. I think Alvin Kamara will get some good playing time with the Saints. I think Josh Malone will get some good playing time with the Bengals. Um, so, and then obviously Derek Barnett with the Eagles. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to um, the tweets from that ESPN body issue to stop appearing on my Twitter timeline <laughs> over and over. It's like uh, super, super like awkward. weird and awkward. Yeah. yeah. So um, looking forward to that stopping. Um. <clears throat> And I am looking forward to a little bit more summer league basketball. It's actually been pretty good. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I, I, I told you when we met before uh, July 4th 
that uh that game between the Celtics and the Sixers was really good. Um, watching Jason Tatum play, um, and also Markel Fultz, and then just kind of seeing some of the other guys get up and down the court. Other than that, man, football, 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 college football. Tennessee is currently ranked number four in recruit rankings. It's 2018. We are killing it again. However, our coach might not be able to keep his job <laughs> if he doesn't start winning games. But recruiting is pretty crazy right now for Tennessee, so I've been following it a whole lot. That's what's up. That's what's up. So we didn't do this the last episode because it had been a while since we had been back in the studio, but um, we're bringing it back this week. Um, it's been a lot of good music that has been released just over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't even think about talking about the J album. Like We might have to dive into that for a little bit. Maybe not this week. Maybe next week we'll talk a little bit about the J album after we let it breathe a little bit more. Um, but Rick Ross joint dropped. That was dope. Um, big Sean joint. I know a lot of people like that. I'm not so big on it, but I, I thought it was cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else has come out that has been really dope. Um, it's blanking. Like it's been that long since we've been since we gotten together on a regular basis. But ran across a joint. Um, shout out to the homie Darren Edwards. Um, he goes by its namesake. He's a He's actually kind of an up and coming producer. Um, you know, he does he he does production that I, I call that it's that new it's that new age millennial type music of rap where it's kind of like really jazzy. Mm-hmm. Um, although he can do some trap stuff, so I don't want to act like I'm boxing him in. But he does he's done some really good stuff. Um, young lady named Jasmine, another young cat named Chris. Um, so he's done some good stuff. But he he talked he tweeted about this album by Caleb Mitchell called "So Help Me God," and um, I went and checked it out and I was like, yo, like. I don't buy music. Like, I stream 99% of everything. If I really enjoy what you put out, I will support and go buy and then come back and stream some more to try to get you your, your pennies up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Caleb Mitchell had this joint. Um, really dope. This first track we're getting ready to play as we go into this first break here is called Bruce Wayne is featuring um, one of A-War's good friends from Battle Rap, The Saga. Yes, sir. Um, shout out to him. Shout out to NWX. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah. You know, you I'm learning about this Battle Rap thing. But So this first joint we're going to play is called Bruce Wayne. It's by the homie Caleb. I shouldn't say homie because I don't know him. It's by Caleb Mitchell featuring A-War's homie, The Saga. He does know him. And if my phone will, like, stop actually. I guess since I got this hooked up, I don't have to literally play it through the documents app so let me actually let me get this right let me vamp let me vamp 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 i don't know how to vamp guys hold on uh do you know how to vape no i don't yeah. know how to vape probably two totally different things never smoked a day in my life all right I me either I it. oh wait hold on let me go my that's way. a lie i was like how is that true you never smoked a cigar never man i don't smoke I don't smoke. That's not my thing. So, B, you might... Well, never mind. Don't worry about trying to edit it out. So I, I just started the song, so don't worry about it. All right, I'm getting ready to start it right now, though. All right, so this is Bruce Wayne. I appreciate y'all's patience with me, though. <laughs> while y'all we still work, listening? While we work this out live on the air, yeah. just fast forward like a minute and a half. We don't edit stuff out. There's no editing it over here. Anyway, editing. Bruce Wayne from Caleb Mitchell featuring the saga. Here it is. Yeah, hey, I'm a Bruce Wayne. I'm a Bruce Wayne Really, I ain't been asleep in over two days I've been moving through the city like I'm Bruce Wayne Yeah Tell me what that heart like, yeah Don't play with my dogs, man, they all bite Based on how you move, you the soft type 
the Bruce Wayne. It's gonna be a dark night. Back up on me, I ain't got time for the phony smiles. I ain't playing with them like an only child. Come around like we homies now. Only gotta grab it, he can hold me down. And even grab it, he could be redefined. Pablo, if you need a line, everything I sold, I'm a reaping time. Kill everything, grim reaping time. Woo! Body verse till I chalk him out. If you ain't the fan, please don't shake my hand. We ain't really got much to talk about. Get this stepping like it's Martin House. Your favorite rapper still trying to play me. Your old girl still trying to bait me. But I've been working in the lab till I got a birth defect. I'm a problem, baby. I'm a Bruce Wayne. So that was Bruce Wayne, Caleb Mitchell featuring the saga. That was the saga's verse. Um, shout out to you can go get that album anywhere on the, any digital outlet, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon. Like I said, album's pretty dope. Um, the next joint we play is one of my favorite, probably my favorite, probably my favorite record off this album. So once again, shout out to Caleb Mitchell. So next segment we're going to get into a little bit of major league baseball and this this we're going to put on for the town right here yeah um, let's go royals shout out to the royals so interesting right so baseball is obviously it's 162 games it's a really long season um as i watched the royals as the season started my biggest questions about them were um not not so much pitching but hitting yeah, um, at the beginning of the year, definitely. Believed in Danny Duffy. You know, I was okay on, on Ian Kennedy. I did not expect – I've been calling him Cy Vargas. Nobody expected Vargas. Uh, I did not expect Jason Vargas to be pitching as well as he has and to legitimately insert himself into the, uh, the, the national conversation for the Cy Young, for the AL. And here we are, right? The Royals, they were 22-30 and 30 through the April and May, month of June, 22-10. and 10. And so I'm asking myself at this point – are the Royals really good? Um, so are the Royals for real, or are they just on a hot streak right now? How much more steroids is available for Mike Moustakis <laughs> to take? <laughs> Yo, so first of all, so we don't receive a, a defamation lawsuit <laughs> in the mail. Uh, that We're joking. We're kidding. We're joking. Moose. We're kidding. We're not we're speculating. Joking. We're not insinuating that Mike Moustakis is on any type of uh, illegal substance that would get him suspended for 80 games. Um, yeah, the <laughs> first-time offense for PED use is 80 games. You hear that? We are not <laughs> saying. Just keep it in mind. No. Um, man, can they keep it up? I mean, 22 and 10, you know? Like, if this isn't, you know, an eight-game win streak, and it's like, can you, can you keep it up, you know? I think that they've come around. I think that there's um, the continuity in the clubhouse that you've seen from past years where they were successful. I think they're enjoying playing baseball. I think you can see that on their face. It obviously is easier to enjoy playing when you're winning. Um, so I, I think they can. Um, however, I, I do. I, I still worry about um, – I worry about the pitching um, past, past Vargas um, and, and Duffy. I don't know. He'll be back uh, Sunday. Oh, he played uh, two nights ago. He they saved him. I forget. It's that's the last game before the All Star break. It's Sunday, right? Because mm-hmm. it's Friday. Yep. He's pitching against Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. So watch watch, watch these next three games. Let me tell you something. I'll be happy if they get one. Yeah, aren't the Dodgers not probably the best team in Major League? Right. The Dodgers uh, and Astros are like one and two. Definitely one of the best. I mean, and so one of the things that I've been talking about, like with friends, is. You look at, speaking of steroids, right, like one of the things that's kind of being spoken about in whispers and hushed tones is the ball is 
is allegedly been juiced. Um, the Ringer had a an article on where they did a scientific research on if the ball has been, if they are winding it tighter, are the seams on it raised or lowered? Is it more bouncy? And based on their testing, it is a. It would seem to be that it's been juiced slightly, mm. right? It's a little bit harder. Like I said, it's a little bit tighter. It's a little bit more bouncier. The seams aren't um, in the same places as they were last year. I think Justin Verlander mentioned that when he gripped the ball. Like, these guys can tell, right? So there's talk of that, and there's also talk about potentially players potentially juicing again because right now the Royals, even though offensively they're terrible, they're on pace to break a, a, the team record for home runs. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, Moose has is already set a career high for home runs from for him. Yeah. His career high was 22, I think, before. He's at 22, 25 now. At right? 25. He's only 11 away from breaking Steve Balboni's record for the, the team record for 36. Like, and I don't see him. Barring on, any crazy circumstances that he would, you know, mess up his swing or anything. Man, this dude is going to see you in the streets and punch you in the face. <laughs> like, he's going to punch you in the face. But, I mean, again, like, it is, I will say in baseball, two things. I want to hit one point. First, I hit this point you made about it's a long season. There's got to be nothing more miserable than being awful at baseball mm-hmm. as a team because of how long the season is. Like, can you imagine, like, if you only win 70 games, right? You're not even winning half your game. So that means day after day after day of getting your butt kicked. And these guys play five days a week. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you spend more time with these people than you do with your family. And it's like when you're losing, it's like you got to get tired of seeing somebody's face. Like, man, if he just one more time, if he spit one more sunflower seed out, I promise I'm going to put you <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, that's got to be really rough. So that was the first thing that when you talked about being a long season. But – Two, like, I don't think players are juicing. One, if they were, I wouldn't care. Like, if Moose was, again, hypothetically taking something, like, I wouldn't care. Like, I, it doesn't – I'm not as morally outraged as it, as other people are. And I understand baseball is a numbers game and historical numbers. Like, people – But you're all about taking the whole America's best pastime out of baseball. You, you, you've never really <laughs> been one to, you know, you want the big bat flips and you want, you know, you want all of that. Absolutely. Look. Let, let me tell you something. There is no hitting a home run is the hardest thing to do in sports, in my opinion. Like you have someone throwing a ball at you, one that could hit you, <laughs> right? I mean, one that could hit you. It's going at least ninety miles an hour. It's got movement to it, and you have like a half a second to determine whether or not you're going to hit it. And you still got to hit it in fair territory. <laughs> and you still and you have to hit it where they are not. Yeah. And so the ability to take a pitch and send it 400 feet? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you better be glad I don't freaking cartwheel and flip all the way from first base to home because I would be so proud of myself. This, again, I have – so I feel like I have a pretty good jumper. I feel like I have excellent hands. Like I feel like if you throw it, I can catch it. Yeah. I feel like I demonstrated that when we went out of town. But when – but I cannot hit a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I can do good at softball, but if you throw it overhand, I do not, for some reason, possess the hand-eye coordination. I mean, even in batting cages, it's only like 60, 70 miles an hour. Bro, <laughs> I'd just be sitting there with the, like, the ball would be <laughs> at the backstop, and I would just now be starting my swing. Like, it would, I am that bad. And so the ability to do that is one of the hardest things ever. So Salvador Perez hits that home run in extra innings last night to get the Royals the victory, right? Opposite the, field. 
and he knew it was gone when yeah, it, he did. He looked straight down and just tossed it back to the side. Like who wouldn't want to hit? So if you go, so once this podcast is over, or at least pause it and go up and look up like Korean bat flip, and just watch how they flip. They hit a home run, they crank it, and they are throwing the bat in celebration. I mean, they are flipping it. They hit it. The bat instantly falls out. I mean, it's some of the most swagalicious. Like, I shouldn't be saying swagalicious, but it's the first thing that came to mind. It's In the honor most... of Nick Young. <laughs> Shout out to Swaggy P. It's the most swagged out. There we go. That's the right phrase and terminology. It's the most swagged out thing that you can ever, that you'll see. It's like, it's so dope. Like, when we... We were out of town when Jose Bautista had the bat flip. And when you saw it in the moment, I got goosebumps. <laughs> you got goosebumps off a of bat flip. Because it because of the moment. Because of the moment. He hits that home run. The crowd is going bonkers. <laughs> like you're seeing beer flying in the air. You're seeing I mean the, the cameras are shaking because of that home run, because of everything that had happened up to that point. It was such an emotional and crazy moment. Like it was dope. Y'all remember that, please. Remember, just whatever you remember of this podcast. But there might be few like little inside things that you remember. You can call him Dan. Um, oh, I forgot about that. I yeah, to bring some, that some different, just just write down. A one gets goosebumps off Jose Bautista's bat flip. I mean, you know, when you make it say you say it like that, it sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> put it that. It's way. not even your team. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy a moment like that. A bat flip? Oh, okay. All right, I digress. It, it was not the bat. It was not just the bat flip. It's they're down. It's the. It was the elimination game because it was game five. It was game five. You would have this crazy moment where um, I forget what the play was. Some some events had happened leading up to that. I right, think I remember where like the fans started throwing beers on the field yeah. because they were so mad at the umpires. Yeah. So the Rangers take the lead. Mm. They're up. Then the Rangers start committing these comedy of errors. They start committing all these um, fielding errors. Two men on. I don't know if it was two outs or not. Two men on. They're down at this because they were down like four. They start climbing back into the game. I think there's two men on. They're down, I think, at that point, one. And then he hits that home. And, I mean, he smoked it. It wasn't like it barely got out. It was gone. And when he hits it, the people have lost their minds. And when he just throws the bat, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. Like, I felt like I was in the stadium in that moment. Like, that's a dope moment. And so, yes, if I hit a homer, I should be allowed to do whatever I want with my bat. Flip it. Smack it up. Flip it. Rub it down. Oh, no. I should be able to do whatever I want. With. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> you do your thing, man. <laughs> I've said a bunch of uh, very um, that was like things that was about. Like bop it. Twist it. <laughs> flip it. <laughs> yeah, I've said a bunch of really pause-worthy things about bat flips here in the last, like, five minutes. But that's okay. That's all right. But anyway, but so I'll ask you this question about the Royals to get back on topic. So I have been of the opinion that the Royals need to tear it down. Even now, like, I've still been of the opinion that the Royals need to tear it down and start over because, like, they're not going to be able to re-sign yeah. Vargas, no. Kane, Hosmer, Mustakis. Like, somebody's going to have to go unless all of a sudden, you know, um, David Glass decides he wants to be um, one, of the, one of the Red Sox owners. Like, he, he wants to be that team. So, should, should the Royals at the trade deadline be buyers or should they be sellers? Or should they just stand pat? I think they just need to be very conservative. Um, I don't think that they have to um, sell. I think they can keep the... I think that if they sell, the fan base knows that we've seen the best of what the Royals have. 
you know. Um, and I think that they might lose some of the fan base if they start shipping people like Kane. Um, who else would be a um, Kane Hosmer Herrera? I think Herrera. is in the last Herrera. year of his deal. Um, like you said, um, Mustakas mm-hmm. Hosmer, who rumored to want two hundred million dollars. I don't know if he'll get that. In Hosmer the doesn't deserve two hundred million dollars. However, in the market. He probably will get that somewhere else. I just don't see. I feel like his numbers aren't there. He, his numbers have never been there. He's just marketable. He's just a. a I would. I wouldn't think he's really marketable. I, I think I read an article a couple weeks ago that was just talking about how he's like literally the the, the best average first baseman ever. <laughs> like <laughs> he he really is just not. Yeah. But no, I think they should be conservative. Um, I don't think they should go all out and be like, "Hey, we got twenty two. We're twenty two and ten in the last thirty two games." You know, we need a couple more pieces. Get us Zobrist. Get us, um, who was the pitcher they Quato. got that year? Cueto. Um, you know, we're about to make a run in another title. I don't think they're in that position at all, uh, especially not with how good um, the American League has been and with how good our division has, has been in the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I think, this should be con- I, I think this should be more conservative, and I wouldn't necessarily put them as buyers or sellers. I would just kind of put them as middle of the road. If you can get something good, you know, pick it up. If not, let's just play with who we got. Okay, I can see that. So right now they are a half game back out of first place. Cleveland's um, still first. Cleveland's still first place. They are. They have the second spot of the wild card, um, of the play-in. I shouldn't say wild card. They have the second spot right now, a half game behind the Yankees, who have the first play-in spot, which I have to say, one-game playoff against the Yankees, I think they would lose, but it would be fun to go Yankee Stadium, winner take all against this young upstart team, you know, with Aaron Judge and Didi Gregorius and I'm trying to think Gary Sanchez and the rest of the guys, right? Um, so that would be fun to watch and see. I mean, you guys let us know what you think. Kansas City, what's up, man? Holler at us. Come get with us, you know. Should the Royals, are the Royals for real? And I posted that on, not on the, I should have posted it on the, the, the It's a Black and White Thing Facebook page. I don't know what I was thinking. So I'll go and do that maybe tomorrow um, as, and share it as a post. But I put, which are the real Royals? The team that went 22 and 30 the first two months of the season or the team that's gone 22 and 10 since? So I want to hear what you guys think, man, because I, I personally, it's it's really hard because you have two large sample sizes and I don't know which one is the real is the truth. I don't know and I don't even know if the truth lies in the middle. I feel like they're either this good or they're that bad. That's an oxymoron. The truth lies. <laughs> Bars. Okay. Gotcha. Bars. I don't I mean, yeah, I don't know that it lies in the middle either. Um I think that they're gonna be a team of streaks. So I think that we're gonna see them continue to be very good or start to be very bad. All right, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I've been wrong before. Oh, real quick, real quick before we go to before we go get into this next segment. So I heard a story. Buster Olney on Mike and Mike said that um, the MLB that Major League Baseball is looking to institute a pitch clock hmm. to try to speed up the game, similar to a shot clock, similar to a shot clock. If the players, I guess, are going to reportedly in return say, if we get a pitch clock. We want an electronic strike zone. Whew. Talk about taking everything away from baseball. So here's here's my position on that. I think that you should have the electronic strike zone, but use it as a tool to try to correct the umpire. So if you have an umpire where he's giving a pitcher too much latitude on the corners, 
He's like two to three inches off the plate calling strikes. Use that electronic strike zone in between innings to say, hey, Blue, right? you're giving a little bit too much latitude to this guy. I need you to tighten it up. Right. Um, versus completely Some, removing yeah. him out of the picture right. and just saying, you just take care of safe and out, fair and foul. So, hmm. because it, I don't, so. I, I mean, can, are they really going to have umpires there for safe and out and fair and foul? I mean. Yeah, I mean, you still need them for that. You yeah. still, because a computer, I don't know, although in tennis, you know, they have, they use the, but it's a different dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's much easier to see if a, if a stroke is, is in or out on a tennis court than a ball that's bending and winding and curving. I don't know if a computer can right. necessarily tell that. Yeah. Um, but so you definitely need them for fair or foul, but. Like I said, I feel like that would be better than completely removing them out of the of the process completely. Yeah. Um, so I mean, y'all can let us know what you think about that, man. Should- I, I don't know a pitch count like a pitch a pitch clock works uh, with wild pitches, past balls. You got. I mean, well, that's different though. Like, because that's an actual that's a live play, but right. a, a pitch that is thrown and it's fouled fouled back, right? It's not playable. So it would be once the pitcher gets the ball in his glove. Once the pitcher gets the ball back in his glove, he's got. 20 seconds mm-hmm. to get to get himself together and then throw another pitch so now then would they regulate how often they can throw over to first <laughs> i mean because could you not just alle- alleviate that by if you need more time you know just toss it over to first eh, i don't think you really buy yourself time in that way right because what you see guys that do now i forget the name of the relief pitcher for the mets but he was it wasn't familiar it was a different guy but like he was notorious for taking like three minutes just to get the rhythm off of just to throw the pitch. So uh-huh. after every pitch, he would he would take his glove off. He's working the ball over with his hands. He's getting a little bit of uh, tar off his hat, working it over. He's adjusting himself. He's walking around, taking his time. Then he settles in. He's looking in. He's <laughs> getting, the getting the sign, looking, 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 looking. Finally gets one he sees, and then he throws. And it's been like two and a half minutes from the time he got the ball back to the time the next next pitch is thrown. As someone who's not big on baseball, I honestly don't get why we're always in such a hurry to speed it up. Mm-hmm. Like, if you tune in to watch any sporting event, you know you're sitting down for at least two hours, right? Of course. So, baseball, I mean, basketball's two to two and a half hours. Football's three hours. And baseball's three, on average, at worst, it could be four if you go extra innings. Right. Or if it's postseason where everything is micromanaged. Like, I don't get why we're in such a hurry. Like, we know what the game is at this point. So, like, the whole, you know, if you want to intentionally walk someone, you don't throw the pitches anymore. You just you just signal and they go. Eh, I mean, you're shaving seconds. Right. But they're negligible in the grand scheme of things. The things that you need to cut down are, like, the commercials. Right. You need less commercials. And the NFL is experimenting with this. So, next year, the NFL will have longer commercials but fewer commercials. Hmm. So I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really, you know, y'all can let us know what you think. I personally am not upset at a three and a half hour baseball game. If I'm going to invest if I'm going to watch like the Cubs play, then I'm going to watch the Cubs play. I'd say when I'm upset with a three and a half hour baseball game. When they're playing in Seattle and it doesn't come on until nine o'clock at night. <laughs> hey, West Coast sport. I don't like God bless Last y'all. night I was so frustrated. It was six six and I was like falling asleep. I'm like, I really want to watch this game. <laughs> Man, like, been to California, been to L.A., really dope spot, love it. As a sports fan, I hate it. Mm. I hate it. I woke up on a Sunday morning at noon, no, 11 o'clock, and I'm like, hey, the Knicks are playing. 
No, the Knicks were not playing. The game was over. <laughs> the game was over. Like the Clippers game was starting. And I was mad because I wanted to go to Staples Center and I didn't get a chance to go because I waited too late. So I mean, I don't know, man. I don't oh, but let man. us know what you think, man. Hit us up on Twitter at Brands and Bars. Um, same for Facebook. Hit us up, let you know what you think about Major League Baseball. Do you care if players use steroids? Um, Kansas City fans, what's up? Do y'all think the Royals are any good? Uh, you know, and do you care how long a baseball game is? Do you need the, a baseball game shortened? Do you think we need more technology within the sport? Hit us up on all those topics. So coming up next here, our next song of the day from our artist of the, I guess, week. Artist of the episode. I don't know how of we... Of the year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, this is going to be on one of my favorite uh, albums of the year list. Like, and this it is charted gonna, at yeah. like nine or something like that. Um, really? Yeah, it charted pretty high okay. um, when it first came out. So this is the joint. Um, I'll talk about it once we come back. But this is the next joint. It's from Caleb Mitchell. The album is called So Help Me God. This is, to me, one of the best tracks on the album. It's called Go, not Go Get It. It's called Get It. And you listen to A1, A Ward on It's a Black and White Thing. Hey, love. I got to go out and get it. 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 Woke up the morning, I looked in the mirror, said, I got to go out and get it. I got to go out and get it. I got to go out and I got to yuck. I got to go out and get it. With me when I was in the kitchen, now these people want a piece of the pie. Counted all drum and I take it in stride. Feet on the ground, but my head in the sky. I gotta go out and get it. I cannot waste no more time. Yeah, I got the light all inside of me. Better believe I'm a shine. Yeah. I gotta go out and get it. I gotta go out and get it. That was Caleb Mitchell. Get it from the album So Help Me God. Let me tell you something. So I am, I'll be 35 in two months. Um, I've never been a huge concert guy. Um, I don't, I've never been, when I have gone to concerts, I've never been a huge mosh pit guy, right? That Get It record is so full of energy, so frenetic, so hard that like, if I were, if I saw this perform live, I probably for about maybe the first verse, Mm -hmm. half the first verse, not even the full first verse, eight bars, eight bars. Yo, when he turns up and he was like, you ain't with me, you just in the way. I ain't coming in. When he gets to that part. I'm with him. After that, I'm done. So like, you're not wearing flip flops to this concert. So no. So first of all, this flip flop thing <laughs> is a little bit. So this is called the comfortable Carlos look. By the way, once the temperature hits over 75, it is cargo shorts, a t-shirt, and flip flops. No, just about everywhere it's I go. Cargo shorts, a t-shirt, and thong sandals. Thong sandals. I have no problem letting you know that I wear thong sandals. Um, they are comfortable. They are better than slides. Slides, they do exactly what their names say. They slide right off my feet. Please tell me you don't wear Crocs. No. All right, all right. Cool. Why the heck would I wear there Crocs? There might be one thing that's worse than thong sandal flip-flops, and that's Crocs. <laughs> nah, man, I don't rock no Crocs, man. Like, 
Like if I gotta go to the car, I might slip on my wife Crocs because I that's the closest thing. Wait, that, that, that's just a normal man thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna slide them joints on to go to the car and come right back in the house. But now nah, I don't. I've never even thought about owning Crocs. Like that's just not my steeds. That's not how I get down. But anyway, like I'm saying, man, like that joint would make me. You know what I'm saying? I would get in the mosh pit for about a good thirty seconds and give it all I had, and then go <laughs> sit down for the rest of the night because I would be done. I'm too young. I'm too. I'm too old to be out here with these young bucks <laughs> trying to jump around. You wobble out the mosh pit, go, <laughs> go get a water and stand on the wall. Man, chilling. Nah, I need a seat. I don't need no wall. I need a seat. But anyway, man, shout out to uh, Caleb Mitchell. Like I said, that album can be found at all digital outlets. If you like it, please go buy it. At least stream and throw some pennies the homies way, if nothing else. So. Um, NBA draft. So we, I think we recorded a week before the NBA draft, and then we didn't get the record last week. So I wanted to hit that real quick. Um, it was interesting, very interesting, very interesting draft. Um, to me, so quick disclaimer, and I think I might have said this around the NFL draft. Like, guys, please understand that these are lottery tickets. Like, these are not nothing is guaranteed. We're going to talk about that with the Celtics here in a little bit. Nothing is guaranteed. Um, trust me, as a Bulls fan. It seemed like, you know, with the Derrick Rose era that we were set up for the next 10 years and the blink of an eye, man, things change. I mean, sadly, you have Reggie Bias dying um, the day after he's drafted, Reggie Lewis dying of a heart failure, and the Celtics were set up. They had their next dynasty team in place with those two guys after Bird. Uh, Bird's body broke down, and in an instant, everything changes, man. Like, nothing is guaranteed. So, yes, you could be excited. I'm not saying don't be excited. But just, you know, just understand that. Keep that perspective, right? That being said, I am excited for this draft class. Um, shout out the first five picks. I'm all in on them. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Lonzo Ball. Like, he came out with a red, white, and blue pack of the other Zotus. I might have to stack some. <laughs> Yo, them blue joints were fire. Like, I might have to stack some checks and save up 500 bucks. So you I will never hear me say I have to stack checks to buy shoes. <laughs> All right, look, if, it, if if I need more than one check to buy shoes, I'm cool. <laughs> Man, hey, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I guess when thong sandals are so inexpensive, it really balances it out. So, <laughs> First of all, not that I shopped there to get my sandals, but Old Navy always running that 10 for a dollar special. You know what I'm saying? So... If I ever really wanted to stack up <laughs> and get them in multicolors, I could. But I only I my my floor on sandals are Tommy, so Tommy and up. Which speaking of, no, he doesn't have the uh, big baller brand doesn't sell the, the thong sandals. Only sell slides. Yeah, like one hundred twenty bucks. Yeah. Things is crazy. Like you crazy. I'm cool. You crazy. <laughs> but but yeah, man. But shout out to the first five picks, man. Like. Um, I Markel Fultz seems like he's gonna be quality players. My favorite, I think, I think I said before the show, the player that I think will be the rookie of the year yep. has a high ceiling is Jason Tatum for mm-hmm. me. Um, Jason Tatum, I compared him to Paul Pierce. He's got, he's already got the body, he's got the footwork. Um, I've heard Jason Williams of Duke talk about how he gave Jabari Parker the business the summer before mm-hmm. his freshman year at Duke that he was playing down in Durham and he was working him over. Uh, he said Jabari was giving it back to him, but he was like, but still, like he was not afraid, and he was going at Jabari, and he was getting buckets. So he's gonna—he's the guy that I think um, is going to be the best player from this class. One of my other favorite players, De'Aaron Fox. Yes. Like I hate he went to Sacramento, although 
the small market teams, in order for them to be good, they're going to have to draft these yeah. talent and hopefully resign them and keep them. So, um, hopefully, De'Aaron Fox is going to be the guy. Like, is there anybody in this draft that you were like, yeah, I'm really excited to see this guy play? I think it was De'Aaron Fox. Um, <clears throat> I don't follow the Kings very much. Um, but he's just kind of like coast to coast, probably with the quickest, definitely the fastest um, athlete in the NBA draft. And I've just come accustomed to enjoying watching John Wall play in Washington in his style of play. And I just think De'Aaron Fox is going to kind of have some of that same um, game to him. Um, other than that, I'm really excited to watch Lonzo Ball play. I, I want to see who is on his team. Um, hopefully the Lakers will do a little bit more in free agency than what they've done so far. Um, I'd like to see Jamal Crawford end up there. Um, they he, got traded. He got traded, but he's hoping that the Hawks will we'll buy, buy out his contract and become a free agent. So I would love to see Jamal Crawford in with the Lakers. Um, other than that, not too many, um, not too many sleeper picks. I think, <laughs> like you said, we were talking in our group. Um, <laughs> Golden State, man, they just have the ability to know what the heck they are doing. You know. And for them to buy into that pick that the Bulls picked, um, and pick up the kid from Oregon, the rim protector was his last Jordan name. Bell. Jordan, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell. Yeah. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited to see kind of what what they do with him because he was very good. And I remember watching him uh, throughout the tournament in March. Um, he he totally helped shut down KU. Um, so that was a that was a good pickup. But other than that, no. Um, you know, just kind of the 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 top five. Um, this kid that went to um, wow, oh, who did he go? Not Dallas. What's the Leaf kid from UCLA? TJ. TJ. Went to Indiana. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching him. Um, I've been watching him play in the summer league, and he's he looks to be pretty good. So, um, so I usually kind of just follow guys that I randomly pick up on. So, so shout out to um, I almost called him Biz Mac Biombo. Wow. Bam out of bio. My bad. My bad. Shout out to Bam out of bio. Sean in Summer League, showing some, like, he earned you're not playing today status. Like, the their last game they played, they sat him out because they was like, nah, we, we might have something here. We need to chill. Busting out Euro step, and it wasn't a churro step either. So, churro step is like the, the big man, fat man Euro step because they're not as skilled and not, <laughs> as, as, they're not as, as easily able to do that no he busted out a full euro step i mean he's hitting 15 foot jumpers he's mm-hmm. facing up and he's like yo cow like i mean i guess you had monk you had De'Aaron fox but did you know that he could do this like and if you did why were you not utilizing that more so i'm excited to see if he can do something for uh for miami um dennis smith jr he went to nc state got drafted by not the knicks the mavericks um, I think he's going to be a guy that people are going to be like, yo, this kid is really good once they see him play. Um, speaking of Summer League, like one year we got to get out to Summer League. We got to go to Vegas. We got to go to Vegas for Summer League, bro. Like I hear it's such a chill atmosphere. Um, you got games all day. Players are showing up. It's such a relax. Like they'll they'll actually sit and have a conversation with you because it's such a relaxed atmosphere. That's sweet. That's sweet. Coaches, GMs, like they're all there because they're all watching games in Vegas. We got to do that. We might have another moment where we see, like, another player at, like, 3 a.m. Yeah. Corey! <laughs> Corey! Hey, it's a, yeah. Corey Brewer! 
Shout out to Corey Brewer who was walking through a Vegas casino at 3 a.m. Don't ask what we were doing out at 3 a.m. Hey, don't That's worry about none it. Of your don't none of your business. Don't worry about it. We were team building. It was a team building it was exercise. Team, it was a team building for the exercise. black and white for the black and white podcast. We were out team building. We were hanging out. All of a sudden, A word goes, "Yo, A one, where you know that guy from?" And like, I mean, he's a tall player. Like Corey Brewer is what six eight. Mm-hmm. So he's super tall dude walking through the casino. You know what I'm saying? Couple of 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 ladies with him. I know I'm putting all Corey Brewer business on the <laughs> Fight me, Corey. Fight me. <laughs> And I'm like, Corey gonna go rob Kardashian on you. <laughs> nah, he ain't got no info like that on me out there, man. Hold on, we gonna come back to that real quick. But I'm cycling through my head like, player. Okay, no, not that one, not that one. Like, I w- if you could have seen my brain, it was quick flashes of of players' profiles like popping in front of my head. Yep. Nope, not that one, not that one, not that one. I went, yo, that's Corey Brewer. And I'll say, where goes? A word goes. Corey, what's up? And so then I start yelling, Corey Brewer. We're both yelling, Corey, Corey. And he's like ignoring us. And then finally he turns around, throws his hand up. We're like, hey. <laughs> and honestly, it wasn't even about, um, it wasn't even about like an NBA player acknowledging us. It was just being right. It was just like, I need him to turn around and like throw his hand up so I can know that we were right <laughs> in the fact that we were like, it was That's definitely, Corey Brewer. It was definitely Corey Brewer. So, so anyway, shout out to seeing Corey Brewer at Vegas at 3 a.m. And I wonder who else. I mean, if we go to Summer League, like, there's no oh, telling gosh. who you will see on the strip walking through, you know, a casino at 3 a.m. So anyway, um, gosh, we like we digress greatly. But but yeah, shout out to Summer League. We've got to make our way to Vegas mm-hmm. one of these years to go check out some NBA Summer League. Uh, let me see. Anything else in this segment before we go to the last one? Oh, yeah. That's one last thing we need. One last piece of business. So I didn't get a chance to do this. Um, because we didn't record the show last week. Um, Chicago Bulls, right? They they had a trade where they traded the number seven pick and the number 16 pick, or they swapped picks with the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, to send Jimmy Butler to Minnesota um, in exchange for Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the number seven pick, which ended up turning into, oh gosh, what's the young man's name? Like I'm blanking on his name. Lowry Markinen. Big man from Arizona, stretch four, um, and as a Bulls fan, I knew this was ha- I knew this was going to happen at some point. I knew the Bulls were going to trade him. I did not expect it to be at the trade deadline, and so I just have a few thoughts on that. Like, why? I think it was the kind of the biggest thing that came to mind. Why? Why would you do this? You had Jimmy under contract for two more years. I understand that you don't. I guess the brass said that they didn't think that he could be. A, a franchise face, a franchise leader. Okay, I understand that, but you could have found some other. You could have been on the search for a franchise leader. Um, you gave away Jimmy Butler for a ham sandwich. Not only did you give him away for a ham sandwich, no cheese, no cheese, just ham, no mustard. Ham might have been not even good. The sell by date might have been like a couple weeks earlier. Might have been a couple of weeks old. Mm. You didn't get no chips. You ain't get no lemonade. You ain't get no cookie. You ain't get no pickle spear. You didn't get anything. So you traded him away for a two-week-old sandwich with just meat and bread. Not only do you trade him away for a ham sandwich with no with no condiments, no chips, no juice, no nothing, <laughs> but then you trade away the 16 pick to go along with it. As why? 
Why are you giving away assets if you're going to rebuild? If you're trying to start over from scratch, you do not give up assets along the way. You are already giving up a top, at worst, 15 player. You're giving up a top 15 player. You're taking back a guy in, in Chris Dunn who was atrocious, atrocious from three and from two. Zach Levine may not even be ready to play until like the all-star break. And look, Larry Markkinen may end up being a good player. I don't think that any three of those guys would be at least Jimmy Butler good. Absolutely not. And I hope I'm wrong about that. But the the icing, the cherry on this craptastic Sunday that was the Chicago Bulls draft night was that pick 38 when they draft Jordan Bell. And I'm going, hey, I can rock with this. He's a rim protector. He's an athlete. He's going to be very good. I'm like, this is something we can build on. You can see what you have in this guy. About 15 minutes, not even 15 minutes later, we get a tweet from David Aldridge that says, the Warriors have bought into the second round for $3.5 million, and they have traded with the Chicago Bulls to draft the, to get the rights to Jordan Bell. And now I have lost my mind. Why? Again, why are you giving away cheap, young talent for, you didn't even get a ham, I mean, $3.5 million, okay, cool. Like, you got cash, but you didn't even get a pick back. Like, you didn't get a, a second round, a future second rounder, a, a protected second rounder. You got nothing. You just got cash. Cash that does nothing for – the. it's not like the Bulls are poor, right? It's not like they're, they're broke. They make money hand over fist every year, top five in attendance. You're in a large market. You are not Oklahoma City. You're not Sacramento. You're not San Antonio, for God's sakes. You're not Minnesota. You are in a top five market. Why are you giving away young rim protectors? And the thing that's going to piss me off for the next 10 years is I get to watch Jordan Bell, another freak athlete, because the Warriors don't have enough of those already, right? <laughs> I get to watch Jordan Bell and Draymond Green blitz pick and rolls and make, def- make offensive guys life hell. And every time I get to watch this guy make another good play, I'm going to think about the fact that this guy could have been on our team. But instead, we get to comfort ourselves with $3.5 million that we're going to use to do God knows what because they were supposed to go young last year. What did they do? They gave Dwayne Wade $48 million. They signed Rajon Rondo. When they was going through a youth movement, a youth movement, and you, you're you signing freaking Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo when you're trying to, not only are you going youth movement, but you're going pace and space. You're, giving, you're supposed to be giving Fred Hoiberg the pieces he needs to have a pace and space offense. And you signed two of the worst shooters in the freaking league. No diss to Dwayne Wade. That's Dwayne, a huge diss to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, is a, <laughs> Dwayne Wade is a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players of his generation. There should be an, a discussion over who's the best player of his time, Wade or Kobe. Yes, I'm going there. There should be a discussion about that. However, Dwayne Wade is not a good three-point shooter. So if you're trying to go young, and if you're trying to shoot more threes, why do you sign a 30-plus-year-old aging superstar who cannot shoot threes? What are you doing? If you're going to rebuild, why are you passing on cheap talent that you don't – his contract's not guaranteed. If Jordan Bell was a bum, you could cut Jordan Bell and it not really cost you anything. What are you doing, Chicago? So with that being said, my fandom is up in the air. I am sending hey boo text, hey big head, what you doing text to all, not all 30 teams, not all 29 teams, 
But I am asking the Lakers. You up? <laughs> you you what's going? You doing you doing anything right now? I mean, I I could use a shoulder to cry on. Like I I'm Minnesota. What's up? I mean, it's been a long time. I mean, and you have certainly grown. You've certainly grown. Sacramento. I mean, I am here for these other teams because I have been faithful to the Chicago Bulls for 28 years. And for 28 years, the Chicago Bulls has taken my love for granted. They have taken the 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 sacredness of our relationship between fan and team for granted. And no longer. Like, you're not going to cut it. While you listen to this, go ahead and cut on Mary J. Blige. It's not going to cry. <laughs> cut it on. I mean, seriously. Matter of fact, y'all can make me a, a Scorn Lovers playlist. Shout out to Rob Kardashian. That is a great segue right there. <laughs> now, let's, let's, let's make sure that we know this is not one of those situations where it's, it's not you, it's me. This is not one of those breakups. This is a, it's you. No, oh, yeah, it's, no, 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 it's, it's you. No, it's you. It's 100% you. It's not me. I've been the faithful one in this relationship. I have done everything right in this relationship. You have been the one who has lied and cheated and treated me badly. I am Karuchi. You are Chris Brown. <laughs> in this scenario. Anyway, I got my, my blood pressures up now. But... <laughs> But Rob, 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 real quick, we're getting ready to go to the our final break. What are you doing, bro? What are you doing, Rob? What are, What are you doing? I mean, you putting everybody bit. You putting everybody. I mean, you got to. What you know about that? You got, <laughs> you got to. I, Mister, it ain't tricking if you got it. Come you, on. You putting his business out there. You got Tiny out here. What did Tiny do to you? <laughs> like Tiny didn't do nothing to you. Just because Black China went out here and did, you know. Allegedly, because I don't want to get sued by Black China. Although I feel like Black China might be more likely to send some people to my house. Versus, I'm pretty sure that Mike Mustak and some Black China are listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, Black China used Rob for his money um, and for you know notoriety, and has since moved on. But you can't be out here sending these texts and these you know and this information, man. Like you're. I don't want to say you're a man because I feel like that's a little sexist, but you're a man. I'm a man. <laughs> you're, you're not 40, but you're a man, and you have to know better. I mean, yo, so we need two playlists. We need a playlist for me. We need a playlist for Rob. Hit us up on Facebook at Brains and Bars, on Twitter at Brains and Bars. <laughs> Hashtag Rob's playlist. Rob and A1's playlist. Or A1's playlist. Yeah, man, we need we need a playlist for these sad songs, man, because... One's one one's team has not been faithful, and one's baby mama has been unfaithful <laughs> as well. So hit us up, man. Maybe I can hit Rob up, and we can just swap swap war stories. You know what I'm saying? Just tell sad <laughs> tales to each other. But yo, final joint, man. It's the final joint coming up here on "It's a Black and White Thing." Um, this is from the album "So Help Me God." From the I keep calling him the homie, like I don't know Caleb Mitchell like that, so I can't call him the homie. And it was funny because he has a he has a line on here talking about yo when I like don't tweet me, don't at me talking about the album's fire. And so like I literally have not tweeted him or added him to say the album was fire. Uh, I might have said his name like once, um, like I but I didn't add him. But this is from Caleb Mitchell. It's from the album "So Help Me God." Um, this is the final song of the from the album of the week, record of the week, whatever you want to call it. Um, this joint is called Halfway There. It is the outro from this album. It's facing Marissa Jerome on the vocals. 
And here it is. So you're listening to Caleb Mitchell on It's a Black and White Thing with A Ward and A1. This all started with a notebook that I was supposed to be writing notes in. I was more concerned about the lyrics I was composing. Nobody believed I could do it, I had to show them. Just a young kid, but I knew that I was the GOAT then, yeah. 2012, I recorded my first demo off an of iPod, touching an A-sword instrumental. I knew that I had something special. I talked to God and I told him to use me as a vessel so I could get to the people that was left on the sidelines, the ones who don't feel like following everyone's guidelines the people that want to create people that follow their dreams people that never give up no matter how hard it seems y'all just like me i was told that i was foolish i was told that all the work i was doing was useless but i mapped the vision out and then i stuck to it you either make it happen or sit back and make excuses now i'm halfway there So that was the final joint for my record of the week, if you will. That's Caleb Mitchell featuring Marissa on Halfway There, the outro to the album. So help me God. You can go check that out. Whatever digital music is being sold, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, so on and so forth. Um, if you have somebody that you would like us to check out, man, hit us up. I mean, we're, we're not, if you if it's you yourself, you got some joints you want us to check out, send them to us. Um, I guess hit us up on Twitter at Brains and Bars. Hit us up with the SoundCloud. That's how most people get their music out these days. And we'll be glad and happy to check it out. So um, last, last segment of the night, man, we're going to talk about NBA Free Agency. Um, free Agency got off to a bang early on. I've totally forgot about this one. Um, actually, you know what? Let's start at the beginning. First, we got the news, Chris Brown, the right. day before free agency. Who? Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, I'm suffering from post-traumatic draft disorder. Um, Amigos just about popped up and tried to fight you just now. <laughs> <laughs> Quavo, do not send them people at... <laughs> Never mind. I had a joke, but I'm going to chill. Um, <laughs> shout out to Joe Button, man. But... Um, Chris Paul, not Chris Brown. At least I was in the right area code. Chris mm-hmm. Paul informed the informed the LA Clippers that he was going to sign with the Houston Rockets, and they decided to work out a trade with the Rockets to get something in return, so they didn't lose him for nothing. And so now you have Chris Paul in Houston joining up with James Harden mm-hmm. and and running with Mike D'Antoni. And I really don't know what like when it happened. We all kind of had this collective what. What just happened? Um, and so I don't I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how this works. Like, Chris Paul's style does not seem to fit with what the Rockets like to do in getting up and down. So when you first heard that, like, what were your thoughts and what do you think this offense can be with Chris Paul? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I totally backpedaled a little bit and was like, wow. Chris Paul's always he's, – he's known to be somebody who's been a difficult teammate in the past from what I've heard. Um, yeah. And for him to kind of come into a team who, let's be honest, yeah, they weren't the Warriors, but, I mean, it's a pretty dang good team, you know? Yep. A, a, a yep. very established team. Maybe not really needing leadership or needing, you know, I don't I don't know. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for somebody that's an alpha male, that's a is a dominant, you know, like my team type personality to come into the Rockets, and pick and roll basketball is very unselfish, very very unselfish, and to you know to kind of try to mesh with the Rockets in that sense. Um. Yeah, I kind of was like, ooh, I don't know about this. Um. But part of you says, like, it's Chris Paul. Like, it's never bad to add Chris Paul to your team. Are you kidding me? He's top five-point guard in the NBA, um, possibly. Oh, no, no. There's no – there's no. I would say Chris Paul is probably – he's got to be top three in any discussion. Really? Hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, look, I'm a homer, so, man, matter of fact, you know what? Hold on. Look, let, let me stop for just a second. Shout out to the Brody. Hashtag MVP Brody. Hashtag let Westbrook be Westbrook. <laughs> What up? Shout out to Russell Westbrook on winning the uh, NBA MVP. Well-deserved. Mr. Triple-Double. Um, but I think for me, like, I feel like I would go Westbrook. I probably would go Chris Paul second. Wow. And at that point, like, I feel like, first of all, your top point guard is going to be on your preference anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm probably going to say... I'll go Steph, man. I think I think Steph has earned that respect where he could he should be top three. I was gonna go go maybe I was thinking John Wall, but yeah, I think Wall, you have to Isaiah Steph Thomas, game. and Kyrie Irving probably your next three. Are we missing anybody in there? Because I feel like I feel like we're disrespecting somebody here. What about Dame Lillard? Yeah. Um, is he better than Wall, Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas, or Curry? I feel like he might be better than. That. So now, was James Harden not point guard last year? So it's kind of hard for me to count James as a point guard. If we're going there, then I probably have to. Do I bump Chris Paul? No, because I feel like the system, the system, there was a perfect match, mm-hmm. right? Like the system, D'Antoni's system, along with Harden's skill set, which I knew. So here's the thing about narratives, right? The narrative on James Harden was he didn't care enough about basketball. He was a ball hog, even though he averaged like seven assists the previous season. He comes in this year. He leaves the league in assists. He gets MVP buzz. Now we all care about – he cares about basketball now. He cut out the partying. He's not that guy anymore. They get blown out by 30 in the playoffs. <laughs> and that morning, he's hanging out in a strip club with Travis Scott. I don't know if Bieber was there. Somebody else – no, um, speaking of Kardashians, um, well, she's not a Kardashian, but Kylie – Jenner's in the building. So Travis Scott, Kylie Jenner, and Harden are hanging out at a strip club and partying after they get eliminated and get their butts kicked in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden, oh, the, the the old narratives come back. But, man, that's a tough question. I don't know. I don't know. If you count – so let's just say you count him as a point guard. Where do you put him? If I count James Harden as a point guard, I would probably have him at three behind Westbrook and Curry. Right ahead of Chris Paul and then John Wall. So I think it would be Paul Wall. Ha <laughs> ha, still tipping on both boat. Hey, bars. <laughs> you know what? That's Mike Jones featuring Paul Wall, man. I can't I can't argue with that top five. Like that top five is pretty like I don't I don't see anybody And Curry's performance in the playoffs to me earned him that spot. And Kyrie's performance in the playoffs actually kind of knocked him out of my top five yeah because i feel like out of all those guys we named like all of those other point guards do for their their teammates Mm -hmm. yeah like 
to me again, Kyrie has always been who he's who he has been. Winning a title again, it changed the narrative. Over three games, the consensus on Kyrie was he dribbled too much. He only hunted for his own shot. He didn't help others. He did the exact same thing in 2015 for three games, <laughs> except they won a title. And now he was considered one of the elite point guards in the game uh, when he hadn't changed at all. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, yep. yeah, I need him to get his team to find ways to to use his ability to get to the bucket to find other people. Yeah. So yeah, that's lost but not forgotten. Yeah, first big move of free agency was Chris Paul. Um, yeah, but kind of, like you said, like wow, totally forgot about this. You know? Yeah. So one quick one last thing I want to mention. You talked about Chris Paul being hard to deal with. Laker fans, I understand you guys feel scorned over the fact that he never ended up in L.A. It would not have worked. No, it would not Kobe have worked. Kobe and, and Chris Paul, two alpha males, they would if I would have been surprised if they didn't if they would have made it to the All Star break without coming to blows. Um just it wouldn't have worked. He Chris Paul is too much of a dominating alpha male, Kobe the same way. Small man complex. Yeah, yeah. So and that to me, that's the most interesting thing is will he buy into Dan Tony's system? Mm-hmm. Um I know Hart. He said him and Harden had talked, and they wanted. They felt like they could make this thing work. They lost a lot of pieces. They have. I mean, they did. I mean, they what? Beverly went. Decker uh, went. Decker went. Lou Williams went. Um, and a first round pick, I believe. <laughs> Lou Williams tweeted, "Let's just forget that Houston ever happened." <laughs> like he didn't leave on very great terms. Well, I mean, he was only there for half a season. Yeah. So I mean, you know. Yeah, is really what is there to remember. So, and he's back in L.A. So, who can hate that? Now, although Houston seems to be the spot that players want to go to, so you know, shout out to Houston. Um, but yeah, so that was the first big domino. Second big domino was the shocker to me. The one of the the biggest the shock of free agency: Paul George getting traded to OKC um, for Sabonis and what's the kid's name? Uh, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. And a first-round pick, which shout-out to the Thunder. So, a lot of people crapped on them. I can see that trade is better than the Bulls trade, by the way. Um, in part because we know what those guys are. Oladipo is going to be a serviceable guy. Mm-hmm. He's under contract for the next, I think, three years. Mm-hmm. So, bonus, you have his rights for at least the next four or five because mm-hmm. he'll probably resign. So, it's a start, right? They're going to be bad next year, but they're starting somewhere, with, to me, with better pieces than what the Bulls got. Mm-hmm. Which then leads us to the Boston Celtics. All right. So let me say this. First of all, the Celtics are in a great spot, right? They have really good young talent. They got Isaiah Thomas. They got Horford. Um, they just signed Gordon Hayward, although, well. We just lost Olenek. Just lost Olenek. He just went to Miami. By the way, speaking of free agent news, um, Jordan Crawford is working towards a buyout. He is talked to LeBron James. Oh, Wow. And he is very interested in joining the Cavaliers. Now, has Jared Smith leaving? No. Uh, he put that, like, Facebook said he got hacked for the second time in like I don't know that weeks. you can have Crawford and <laughs> and Jared Smith on the same squad. Yeah, you, yeah, you can. Now, this is Jamal Crawford? Crawford? Yeah. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, Jamal is more of a – so, JR is more of a, just a shooter. Jamal can at least initiate offense and get his own shot. True. Uh, at least more reliable, more reliably to me than JR can. Because um, Iman Shepard's gone, right? No, nah, still there. They were trying to trade him to free up cap space to sign Kyle Korver, but the deal fell apart. Hmm. So still there. So, you know, the uh, Cavaliers are Richard they're not Jefferson doing a come lot. back too <laughs> for his twenty seventh year. Lord have mercy. But anyway, the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics. By the way, Richard Jefferson was playing when Lucius Harris wore a face mask. <laughs> 
that 2008, <laughs> 2009? Like, I got to go look that up. I feel like, because he wasn't on the championship team. Yeah, I'm pretty about... sure Lucius Harris wore the face mask before Rip Hamilton, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're, you're confusing. Are you confusing players? No. Number 12 for the Nets. I'm telling you, man, use Google. Wait, back when Richard Jefferson played for the Nets? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was thinking of Devin Harris, and I feel like Devin no, no, Harris no. wore a face mask for a little bit because he, he might have. Nose. <laughs> he might have. Lucius Harris. Okay, I'm on the same page. That's why I'm like, did you confuse? And then there was a guy from Michigan State. Was It It wasn't Delvon Rowe. One of those guys wore a face mask. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they went to the Final Four and got blown out by Carolina. But anyway, Danny Ainge, like I said, let me say that they're in a great place. And we asked this, matter of fact, can you pull up the poll real quick? We asked this question on our on our Twitter feed at Brains and Bars. We asked the question: As currently constructed, the Celtics are, and the choices were um, built to win now. I'm oh, it up now. I can't. I, I gotta look at the wording. I'm not gonna get it right. Hmm. All um, right, here we are. Celtics are currently constructed to win now, win later. No clue now and later. So, what are the results of that poll, by the way? Uh, 32% say win now, 27% say now and later, 16% say later, 24% say no clue. Although, I feel like I should, I wonder, are people saying no clue because they have no clue what the Celtics have done? (laughs) Very possible. (laughs) Or they have no clue if they're good enough to win a title. But, shout out to everyone who's voted, and I'm surprised that no clue is actually (laughs) as high as it is. But... I have no idea what the Celtics are doing. Like, I have no idea if they're trying to position themselves for three years down the road, if they're trying to position themselves to beat the Cavaliers and potentially the Celtics. Because we talked about this when when news first surfaced of him potentially wanting to go to Boston. I, I, didn't, I never saw Gordon Hayward as some missing piece. Mm-hmm. He's a piece, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure he's a missing piece. Mm-hmm. Um, in the playoffs, Joe Johnson was taking the shots to close out games for the Nets. Nets. The Nets. See, now you got the Nets in my head. (laughs) For the Jazz. Um, He was the guy taking those big-time shots. And if Isaiah Thomas is going to be that guy for you still, he's still Mm 5'9". And it's going to be incredibly hard for him to to see over the defenders. I hate to go heightis on him. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be really hard for him when they're blitzing that pick and roll for him to to get buckets. So, I don't know what they're doing. So it was reported that the Chicago Bulls offered Jimmy Butler straight up for the number three pick in this year's draft. And they st- said no. Wow. wow. Uh, Porzingis, the Knicks wanted Jalen Brown. They wanted this year's pick. I think they wanted the Nets pick, and they wanted like Crowder and Smart. Now, I could admit that's a little bit too steep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I would have been willing to part with Jalen Brown with this year's pick and those guys and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I find it funny how after Paul George gets traded, all of a sudden Danny Ainge goes, well, I was working on a deal. I had something for him. They just didn't take it. And so I apologized to you guys in the group. I said, guys, I owe you an apology. And I said, because <laughs> watching this, watching Danny Ainge botch trade after trade after trade and sit on his hands and wait and wait and wait I realize what it's like to try to trade with me in fantasy football I am not as stingy as Danny Ainge is um I take that back um 
No, actually, I'm, let me. So let me get back on track here. Danny Ainge with the Pacers offered Crowder, Smart, and then he offered them some first round picks, but they were not like the high the Nets pick, the Lakers pick, right? So I offer good value. I though sit on my hands and wait and make you wait and make you wait and make you wait, and I'm very. It is very frustrating. So I apologize to you and to the rest of the guys for being very hard to deal with and being Danny Ainge like. That and and I said that to say, Danny, to get great players, you have to give something, right? Sometimes you have to make your luck. Um, the the part the lucky part for the Celtics is you had Mikhail Prokhorov stupidly trade for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett after when they were way past their prime. That was the first thing. So you have this incredible luck fall into your hands. Now you have Paul George out there. You have Jimmy Butler out there. Commodities you know who are good. Give away the number three pick. Send them the net. What? Not saying you have to give them everything. He didn't spend anything for it. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. And he wanted to wait until he signed Hayward to try to get, um, to get go after Paul George. But if you had to get rid of all this these contracts up front just to get Hayward underneath the cap, how are we going to get George? Right. And so I have no idea if this team is good enough to win. They're good enough to win now. Or are they good enough to win a championship? And that's what I don't know. Right. Um, uh, man, um, I don't see them as that much better to compete with the Cavaliers than they were last year. I don't either. I, I mean, they may, I just they, think they're a different team now. I still think they're in a good team that they'll definitely I, I see them getting top three seeds you know in the east which, which what, yeah. who's yeah. <laughs> right I yeah mean, the eastern conference is, right. is full effect um but yeah uh I, I think the cavaliers with the best player in the world Kyrie irving and kevin love are gonna make it to the finals Every year until something is until LeBron falls off. Yeah, basically. Right. I mean, and that's what I'm. And I guess that's the thing that's been most frustrating. I've been going back and forth with Celtics fans. Is I feel like Danny Ainge and the Celtics and Celtics fans are assuming that this all works out in their favor, and you just don't. You can't know that. You don't know what's going to happen with Washington. You don't know what's going to happen with Philly. Who knows if another team will pop up? I think I said this the last episode, but. Five years ago, the Warriors were building around Monte Ellis and Steph Curry. We don't, you don't know what's going to happen. And so you're assuming that Jalen Brown becomes a star. Uh, Jason Tatum becomes a star. You're And you're wanting them to grow into stars when they have a ball-dominant guard in Isaiah Thomas and now another star in Gordon Hayward. So how are they, how do they reach their potential if they have these other players in the way? So I don't, I don't know, man, like. Like I said, the Celtics are in a great place. Sounds good. It, they are. They're, they're in a great place. But a lot of things have to fall their way. Yeah. And they had a chance to get Porzingis, which if you get Porzingis. That's a game changer. It's a game changer because in, in part because he's on a rookie deal and you're going to own his rights for at least the next four to five mm-hmm. years. Because every rookie resigns right after that first deal is up. I think Greg Monroe is the only only rookie after his or only player on a rookie deal who after that deal was up was like i'm out of here everyone else resigns for at least another four years or five years so you would have had eight years of porzingis six years of porzingis i'm I'm sorry to continue to mature and grow with isaiah thomas and it's just like man like 
guys. Like, even now with Hayward, and they're trying to – they Celtics fans, well, why would we sacrifice all this depth? Well, guess what? You're shopping – you're shopping uh, Smart, Bradley, right. Crowder. Olenek is gone. What are you doing? So, I don't know, man. Y'all let me know. Am I tripping? Am I being too hard on the Celtics? Are they going to – are they championship contenders? Go to at Brands and Bars, vote on the poll, comment. Um, man, shout out to you guys for listening, for hanging out with us on this episode. We appreciate it. Shout out to Caleb Mitchell, to Saga. Yep. Um, thanks for the dope music, man. Please continue to make more. Shout out to Big Brother. A-Ward has patiently sat here. I'm pretty sure his mind has been other has been wandering on what is going on on My Big Brother. My mind's been wandering, but also I bit my tongue today at work. Oh man, dude! You ever bite your tongue? Like the worst feeling. Like I bit it hard too, and like the whole rest of the afternoon, my mouth has just been like, oh, it's like, yeah. So now I've been kind of like chilling on talking too much, and I, I think I sound like Eli Manning right now. Like, <laughs> you do not sound like mediocrity. <laughs> I don't sound like mediocrity. You do not sound like mediocrity. I'm far from mediocre. Yeah. Shout out to my homie Travis Anderson, owns a clothing company called Far From Mediocre. Um, check him out online. But, uh, yeah, appreciate y'all sticking with us, man. Um, and, we'll be uh, back maybe next week. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back. We're trying um, to see if we can make it two shows. In our home. homie B. Harris needs friends, you know, so we we, we, we want to get out here and chill <laughs> with him, use his studio, um, and pretend to like him for a couple hours every week. So, Yep, so <laughs> so we appreciate y'all, man. We'll hit y'all. We'll see. talk to y'all next week. Talk to y'all on these Twitter streets, these Facebook streets. Um, one more time, Twitter at, at Brains and Bars. Same for Facebook. AmpEntertainment.net to check out the show. You can also check us out, SoundCloud.com, backslash Brains and Bars. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Coming soon to Anchor. Somehow we'll make that work out. Yes, sir. We need to get on Spotify, too, but we'll make that happen as mm-hmm. well. So until next time, it's been a black and Gordon Hayward <laughs> thing. We'll at y'all next week. Y'all be easy. <laughs>